Man, God has got good plans for our town, hasn't he? Tell your neighbour he's got good plans. He's got good plans for your life. If they don't believe that, give them a wee slap around the face and just tell them, no, it's true. No, I don't, actually. I'm not seeing any slapping. So you guys are a people of faith. That is awesome. You believe it. That's very cool. Hey, just a few, um, just a few housekeeping things, actually, and some updates um, just before I get into my message this morning. And... Um, well, is everyone uh, familiar that we have a climbing wall out the back of uh, the church? Yeah, so that's been um, that awesome, and um, it's been there, and it's been hasn't had a lot of use probably for the last five to six years, really. And so we've just been mindful of the season that we're in, and going, "Hey, God, what what is um, what do we do with that thing?" You know, it's it's got a whole lot harder to operate regarding regulations. And um, people who have to be overseeing it have to be qualified rock instructors. And then there's just the general risk that's around the wall. And so we don't have anyone on staff at the moment who can actually manage the wall or has a vision to create a business and oversee the rock climbing wall. So over the last year or so, we've been really kind of mulling around. We're like, what do we do with the wall? So um, what we think we're going to do or what we're going to uh, well, what I'm going to take steps towards doing is selling it, actually. So we're going to uh, probably list it on Trade Me. We'd love it to go somewhere in North Canterbury um, so it can still be a, um, a real local blessing out here. Um, but we are hoping to actually use some of those funds to go towards our next building project and just really invest back into kind of like what's, the, what's current now for our church. So, um, and, I, and, and I say that because if, if you're seeing anything or you're just like, hey, you want to comment about that, then I, I am open for conversation, okay? If you've got a spare like 80 grand in your pocket and you want to buy it for your back garden and put it up there for your kids, then that's awesome as well. So I I'd receive that as well. So, yeah, what do you reckon? Good idea? 80, it wasn't that much, but, well, no, it was, but we we're not going to get 80 for it. Maybe. Yeah, I know, okay. What is it, Sue? Thank you. I will. I will have faith. This is good. That is a good word. Uh, also, um, Deb spoke a couple of weeks ago uh, regarding our uh, Cambodia mission, and um, we've got um, a couple of opportunities for you guys to just, you know, be continually connected with Cambodia. One is financially, and so you can give um, to Mana for Life at the info desk any time that you want to. They've got child sponsorship um, that they are, that's happening at the moment, so you can actually grab a wee uh, brochure down the back, or you can just make a one-off donation to uh, their Mana for Life school. And so um, they've got an amazing initiative. I just had an email from Kevin, and it started off so well. So we're connected with this school, and so um, you know, just take a moment during the service just to ask God. You know, do you want me to give something towards um, the Manor for Life school? So, and you can do that um, at the info desk after the service. Also down the back um, are Christmas decorations that Deb and Kat bought back from Cambodia. And these were made by Be Free. Yeah, Be Free. Thank you, Connor, for making that slide. That's very nice. And so um, they're really awesome. Grab some Chris Christmas decorations, and that'll go a long way to, yeah. And it's a great gift opportunity for you. So that's very cool. Also, <laughs> also, um, who was here when I spoke about um, 
us going in as a church and blessing the police. Um, it's been a part of our uh, heart this year. We took up the Miracle May uh, offering, and one of the initiatives was to go in and like, do a donut week for uh, our local uh, precinct here. And so I've been speaking with Malcolm, the sergeant down there, and he um, just got back in touch with me uh, last week. And so on November the 24th and 26th, we're going to cover two shifts down there. We're going to go in, and um, I've got the coffee culture truck um, lined up, and we're going to take some donuts in and some snacks and just kind of get amongst the local force, just bless them and just pat them on the back and say, hey guys, you guys are doing an amazing job. Um, When I was speaking with Malcolm again this week, he was just um, reiterating the fact that we just never get stuff like this. This is amazing. So we get to go in and just be a real blessing to the police. And um, we're also going to continue to pray for them. He's actually sending an email out around the force just to find prayer needs as well so that we can can, um, pray for, you know, whatever they're contending for, we're going to stand with them and see breakthrough uh, around their lives. We should challenge every new life. Let's let's do it successfully first, and then we can say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I imagine if every you know every church in New Zealand was doing that, and just you know see those crime rates turn around. Thank you. Ah, yes, thank you, darling. Yeah, we've also um, created a thank you card as well for the police. So after the service, that will be at info desk. You can just. You know, job well done, you're amazing, and uh, thanks for doing what you're doing. So, yeah, make sure you do that after the service. Cool. All right. So, housekeeping, tick. So, hey, I've been doing this series um, from the life of David, and um, it's been uh, Pursue, Overtake, Recover. And that was going to be one message last week and or the week before, and I only got to pursue. So we're going to um, look at seeing if we can overtake and recover today. And uh, we may only get to overtake, but we'll, um, we'll see. So I'm going to do a, a, just a quick recap of the uh, scripture that we've been looking at, and that's at 1 Samuel uh, 30. And we've got PowerPoint for this. Basically, David has uh, he's just come back to Ziklag. He's been on a hunting trip and a fishing trip with his boys. And they've come back to the city. And um, the town has been decimated. Uh, buildings flattened, uh, burnt. All the women and children were captured by the enemy and taken. So the, uh, David and his men are in a, in a total mess. Um, they, they're like, what do we do? David, his heart is breaking. And um, in verse 6, it says here that David was greatly distressed because his men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. You know, they were lost. But David found strength in his God. And then jump into verse 8, it says, And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? And then God answered through the prophet, Pursue them. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. You know, God has got a mandate for every one of our lives to be people who have mission as a part of who they are. 
You know, David here was entrusted uh, with a mission that was so desperate because it was immediate. There was a cause that he had to go and recover his family. But every single person on this planet, God has got a plan to actually use us for mission, to rescue, to overtake and to recover back what the devil has stolen from us. You know, that's why Jesus said to us, hey, we need to be people who pray, let the kingdom of uh, heaven happen uh, on earth. You know, let the kingdom uh, come on earth as it does in heaven because something's missing. Heaven's missing. It needs to be pursued and recovered and then implemented in again so that, so that this world can be restored and redeemed back to the fullness that God has for it. So we're agents of transformation. We are on a rescue mission for this planet. That's just the way it is. And when you're a Christian, when you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a mission mandate on your life to be one of those uh, agents for his kingdom. So this morning, I'm just going to start with talking about overtaking. Now, we all love overtaking. Who's a driver here? I know. It's, it's fun. You know, your desire, when we overtake on the road, it, it should mainly be because of snow, slow traffic, right, eh? Like mainly because of slow traffic. But I've seen some drivers, right, and they just like to overtake because it's their hobby. Like they're just, and I, I think it's funny. I used to do a lot of driving out of uh, Christchurch and rush hour, and um, everyone's just jammed in those two lanes, eh, coming through Redwood, Belfast. And, and there's always that one driver, possibly with the name Sam Nimmo, and he's like... He spilt coffee all over me this morning, so I'm just getting back. Um, he, th- th- they, I won't say it's Sam, but they are they're weaving and they're dodging and they're just trying to get into, and they go up and then they're over in this lane and then they indicate, and then they, does anyone see this? And then what happens is that all the traffic slows down on their lane and your lane speeds up and you just like go, <laughs> and all the cars come together so they can't get back in. It's like, I don't do that, but, um, but you see that, don't you? Like, like. Just overtake. I've just got this bet. I just want to overtake. It's my habit. I just, I feel six. I'm going to get home 30 seconds faster than everyone else. And that's, that's success because my day needed success, right? Do you know when we're overtaking, though, when we're overtaking, we need more momentum than whatever we're going past. We've got to have greater speed, we've got to have greater inertia, and we've got to know what we're passing. I remember in my old Mark II Cortina 1300, it was about three ton with a, with a 1300 engine in it, and I needed like a, a hill with a, with, a, with a wind behind me to get, you know, to like make 110, and then everything's like, like shaking like crazy so you can get past. But we need to be, to have momentum, we need to be connected with a great power source. Uh, so the key word today for a overtaking is momentum. I remember, who watched the America's Cup a couple of years ago, and uh, we all saw like the, the greatness of Team New Zealand go out to this, what was it, like a 9 or 8 nil, uh, you know, and, and it would have been, and we just thought, man, we've got this in the bag, and then we saw Alingi make some changes to their rig, and they had a computerized system, and suddenly they had more momentum when they were sailing, and they were sailing something like, you know, point one of a knot faster than Team New Zealand, but by the end of the race, there was this ridiculously large gap, and you're like, I'm so ashamed of Team New Zealand. It was embarrassing, because Alingi had momentum, and it was just a little bit more but what they had at the end of the day was far greater than what New Zealand had. 
John Maxwell, he is a leadership guru, all right? He says this about momentum. If we could just have that up, thanks, Tom. Momentum believes wins are probable. Momentum is hope, courage, energy, and focus combined. Momentum sneaks up on you. One day you look around and say, wow, we're going places. Excitement flares up, but momentum builds up. Every win is one step forward towards momentum. If you can't define the win, you can't achieve momentum. This is really interesting because momentum is a series of small things executed well that creates an inertia. When you think back to Team New Zealand and their boat, they had so many great things going well. They had, this ama- they had an amazing crew. They had an amazing sailing rig. Everything was, there were so many things that was in place, yet there was one thing missing, and they lost that. They didn't have it, so they weren't able to capitalize on the win that was there where Alingi could. Momentum comes. I remember someone said to me, being in business, you know, there's never one thing that will, you know, create the big win for you. It's a series of little things done well and executed well. Verse 6. I just want to talk about what David did to create momentum this morning in his pursuit to overtake and recover. Because this is one of those things that we must get right. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him, but David found strength in the Lord. And at this point, like I said a couple of weeks ago, David had no idea how he was going to respond, but he gained strength in God. And as he gained strength in his God, his capacity to gain momentum grew. Do you know a cyclist, who likes to bike has anyone still biked to school here? Anyone? I just like, I, everyone used to bike to school back in the day. Now everyone walks. Scooter, like a skateboard. I used to bike to school. And biking home in a Norwester, man, that sucked. That was hard work. And so, but a professional cyclist, they will um, they'll use this technique called drafting. And you've all seen cycling on TV, right? And they get in behind the cyclist that's in front of them, and they will conserve one-third of their energy by drafting in behind other cyclists. That is a phenomenal amount of energy to conserve, isn't it? To go the same speed and then to, to conserve energy, they draft in behind other cyclists. And it's because there is this low-pressure system that's actually created in front of the lead cyclist. So the pursuing cyclist can conserve energy, wait in their shadow, uh, and, and then wait for their opportune moment to overtake and uh, shoot round to the lead. David's momentum began because he waited in the shadow of his father. He waited and he gained strength in the, in the shadow of his father. Like, I cannot, like, I feel like we talk about 
waiting on God and, and spending time with God so much here at church. But do you know, this is what we do. We encourage you to spend time with God so that you will not miss on the little changes and the things that he wants to bring strength around your life in. It's so important to wait on God. It's to, so important to spend time in his shadow and hear what he is saying for you in this season. Romans 10, 17 says this, faith uh, comes by the hearing of the word. This is, this is a well-used scripture, all right? The hearing of the word, that is the, the, the rema word of God, that is the inspired word of God, that is the word of God for you today. That is the thing that we all need to hear, you know, just about every day of our lives. We need to know that he's with us. We need the inspired Word of God to strengthen our spirit. It says, you know, that faith is the certainty of what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. See, we are believing believers. We are people who believe that God is with us. We are people who align themselves with God's voice, His Rema Word for us. Therefore, we gain momentum. We step with when He steps and we stay in His shadow when we need to conserve energy. He is with us and he is for us. David drafted in the shelter of God and he gained strength. Everyone say strength. That's it. Strength. You know, he wants you to be strong. He wants you to gain strength. He doesn't want you to diminish in strength in life. He wants you to increase in strength. Increase in your spiritual vision. Increase in the way that you see and look at yourself. Increase, uh, increase in strength for the mission and the cause to recover what is lost. He wants you to have an increasing strength for the plan and the vision and the purpose that he has uh, for our lives. See, as David gained strength, he let his father speak to him. He, he you know, I'm going to provide you strength. When you, when you spend time with God, you hear God's voice and I'm going to carry your burden and he got a bit lighter and I'm going to help you succeed in your mission and he got a bit more focus. See, I love this. Um, Philippians uh, 3 verse 12. Paul, the legend of the New Testament. He says, he says this, I'm going to press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. See, Paul had found this reason for his life. He had found a reason that Christ Jesus had taken a hold of him. He'd found a cause and he was not going to let it go. There was a reason that God had gripped his heart in such a way. And he was like, I cannot lose sight of this vision and this mission for my life. And, and, the, and, and Paul grew in the marketplace and in the church with great momentum because he was connected to the reason that Christ Jesus had taken a hold of his life. Come on. See, the, his reason was found in who he believed that Jesus Christ was in his life. In who? Who is he in our life? Who is he in your life? And out of that flowed the what he did and the how he did it. Who is Jesus Christ in your life? And he had connected with Christ and such a momentum came around his life in the marketplace and in the church. 
And Christ was able to shape his world because he knew the reason. He spent time with the one who gives the reason for his existence, for our existence. I was just praying down the river uh, a couple of days ago, and I just felt like um, the Holy Spirit just wanting me to declare some stuff that I believed again. And I just thought, we should do that together today. And this was just a little bit of what I remember. um, And it's not complicated, but I just like, let's just align our belief with God's intentions and his belief for us this morning. So let's just stand because it's always good just to, you know, just exercise. There we go. You just lost some calories right there. So first one, I'm going to like, we believe our God is with us. I'm going to say that. Let's just say that together. Uh, Let's just take ownership of this for us because we're not just one person here. We're a group today. And so I'll just say it and then we'll say it again together, okay? So we believe my God is with us. One, two, three. We believe our God is with us. Next one is we believe that Christ is the key to our freedom. Okay, one, two, three. We believe that Christ is the key to our freedom. We believe that miracles will flow through our lives. We believe that miracles will flow through our lives. We believe that God heals the sick and raises the dead. We believe that God heals the sick and raises the dead. We believe that we were born to be significant. We believe that we were born to be significant. We believe that Christ wants us to succeed. We believe that Christ wants us to succeed. We believe that Christ wants us to recover lost and stolen things. We believe that Christ wants us to lost and stolen things. Stuff. I'm making it memorable. We believe that Christ wants to use us to see our community transformed. We believe that Christ wants to use us to see our community transformed. Amen. Come on, let's take a hold of that. Let's just give the Lord a hand. Awesome. Take a seat. Very cool. Tell, tell your neighbor they're an agent of transformation. Come on. See. So David recovered everything. He pursued, he overtook, and he recovered And that's awesome. And he's got a plan for every one of us to actually overtake those things that we're pursuing so that they become ownership of who we are. We're taking his territory out there beyond where we're at. Last thing I want to talk about this morning is recovering because that's what he did. He went out. He didn't just overtake something and just go, yeah, yeah, I overtook it. It's behind me now. He He took it back and he claimed it as his own. I just want to use this story, actually. On November the uh, 9th, 1902, the steamer, the Alingamite, struck rocks and sank at the Three Kings Islands, situated 50 k's northwest of the topmost of New Zealand, if you didn't know where the Three Kings were. Attempts were made at that time to uh, recover the treasure from the wreck because it was a lot of treasure uh, from Australia specifically. 
one of the country's most experienced divers, Edward Harper, succeeded in bringing up some uh, treasure using primitive equipment, uh, equipment. Unfortunately, he died of decompression sickness, which is the bends, at the site just hours after he, um, he brought the treasure up. Another death followed, and interest in the wreck faded. By the time Kelly Tartan, um, or Talton, I don't know how to say that, Talton, Talton, yeah, came into the scene to lift the treasure in the late 1960s, the science of diving had developed, and they were able to recover large amounts of treasure from the location of the wreck. Wouldn't that be exciting? Yeah, diving for treasure and letting the gold run through your hands and like, ah, I found it. Reminds me of a pirate joke. It's a terrible pirate joke. Okay, who do? No, I'll tell it because I made it up and it's a dad joke. But if pirates had a god, who would they worship? Yarway. Anyway, it's terrible. Uh, anyway, moving on. You can delete that from the podcast. Thanks, Sam. That'd be awesome. Um, our assignment, as I've said, is to recover what was lost. Jesus, the good shepherd, he went out and he said, this is what it's like. I've got a mandate to recover the one. There's 99 here, but I'm going to recover the one thing that is lost, the one thing that is missing. See, Jesus notices what is missing and he knows where to go and find it. In 2 Peter uh, 3 verse 9, it's the cause of Christ that none should perish, that none, that everyone should come to repentance. To be able to recover anything, you need to know a couple of things. They are, where is it? And who is currently possessing it? Recovering lost things like treasure takes precision. Kelly Talton and the crew, they knew the location of the wreck, but they had to, um, they still had to recover it. They still had to go 200 meters down and they had to find the right gear to actually go and recover the trek, so the, uh, the treasure. So where do we start? Like Jesus, I just want to have one simple point here today for this. Where do you start? Jesus is the good shepherd. He found the one lost sheep by noticing what was missing. He noticed what was missing. He left left 99 to be successful in the one thing. I just want to tell you, if there's something that's gripping your heart today and you want to be involved in the cause of Christ for your life, then just start noticing what's missing. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what is missing and what can I do about what is missing. You don't need a lightning bolt from heaven and a loud voice booming to, you must go and speak to so-and-so. Or you need to, you know, fund an orphanage and whatever. Notice what is missing. Jesus noticed that something wasn't complete and that's how he found his assignment. And I just want to, I just feel like there's something on that for some people here today that it's time to start noticing a little more than what you're currently noticing because God wants to enlarge in your vision for making things complete around your lives. Second thing to treasure recovery is who is currently in possession of what you're pursuing. 
See, when Kelly Talton actually dived down to the wreck to find the treasure, what had begun to possess the treasure was actually the coral reef. And the coral had grown up around the treasure and they weren't actually able to get into it and actually recover it. So what they did was uh, get some dynamite and they, they, it wasn't very kind of green friendly, but they uh, blew up the reef uh, or a part of the reef. And so they were able to go in and take that from which what had been possessing it. And so we've got to be mindful of what, uh, when we're going after something, that we're taking something off someone. And now it says in Colossians 2.15, and I used this scripture when I was praying for Peter this morning, that having disarmed the powers of, and the authorities, that he, Christ, made a public spectacle of them by triumphing over them by the cross. See, Jesus triumphed over powers and authority on the cross. He disarmed them. They no longer had the capacity to hold on to the, the authority that they did have until Jesus died. So it means that we have been given permission, we've been given authority and power to go in and take back for Jesus what he has made available for us. I had this dream actually a week or so ago where um, I was uh, in, in the kids' room and um, the kids were all around me watching me and, I was, and it, was, it wasn't a really awesome dream because I was chopping up spiders that were about that big with a knife and rodents with a knife and it was like, Ooh, this is gross, and you know I'm not going to go into it. And I was like, and I woke up afterwards. That was a God dream. I just knew it was, and I was like, God, there's a there's a contention here, and a like we're battling against something in the spirit here, but we're overcoming and we're we're cutting things up. I actually um I had a chat with Donna because she's quite awesome at dream interpretation, and um she said, that, and I told her about the dream, and she said, I believe that this means that you're destroying the works of the enemy and the lives of your family and your children, and even showing the kids how to do it. I was like, yeah, we, we need to show our children how to take down the enemy, you know, the, the name of Jesus, teaching them what is acceptable for them to be feeling and thinking is taking down the enemy, you know, like when they're feeling bad or they're feeling discouraged, like, or they're just like, how do they respond? When we, when we come in the opposite spirit and we show them, we are taking down the works of the enemy. Um, Tristan was telling me the other night, he was just, he came in after we were putting him to bed and he was just like, yeah, I was just walking out on the balcony praying in tongues for a bit. It's like, What? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so just like our kids actually see what I do and where I put value. And, and sometimes I go outside and I walk back and forth on the front lawn and I pray in tongues. They know I go down the river to connect with God. They see what I value. And our kids see what we value and we can role model to them by, you know, and show them how we can take down the enemy. It is a spiritual battle. And we need to step up and be people who actually show our children how to do this and show others how to do it. But anyway, so Jesus made a public spectacle. He, he, he disarmed the powers of the devil. He ripped his arms off. The devil can't hold on to that anymore. And so we get this permission to go in. And so I just want to say this as well, is that the devil is not to be feared. Like he is not to be feared. I heard, heard a preacher say recently that, that the, uh, God will use the devil like a chess piece to bring about your victory. 
He will use the devil like a chess piece to bring about your victory. All things work together for good for those who love God. See, if, when we're in line with his goodness and his grace on our lives, God will use the devil. He will literally use him so that you can be victorious. That is awesome. So David recovered all. He lost nothing, and he became successful in the, the rescue mission. He got it all back, and that's our mandate to get stuff back for the kingdom. So if we can have the band up this morning, that'd be awesome. You're not in the band today, Josh. I'm like, why are you not responding? <laughs> Lovely to have you, Tracy. You know, um, this morning, I just want to pray for you guys, and then we're gonna we're gonna close the service. I um, I feel like that um, there's some really exciting times ahead for us as a church. Um, I just spent uh, a three three odd four days away just seeking God about what what God's heart is for our next season, and I came back so excited <laughs> uh, with the mission of of Jesus Christ. I just came back like He wants to put a new uh, compa- uh, compassion compulsion and cause in our lives to see you know what is lost taken back for the kingdom he wants to bring momentum around our lives and this morning I just want to stand with at least just stand yeah that'd be awesome man let's just take a moment just first up holy let's just Get our attention on the Holy Spirit right now. Because he's, the, he's our leader. He's the one that's going to bring momentum. He's the one who's going to show us who we need to pursue or what's missing in our lives. He is the agent of transformation for each one of us. Let's just open our hearts right now. Holy Spirit, we just thank you right now that you want us to live with a reason. With the reason that you have for our lives, God. We thank you for a reason that will continue to grip our hearts and hold our vision to what you're calling us towards today, God. We thank you for that reason, Lord, that that you never get tired of God, that you're so passionate about, that you are so uh, desperate to see fulfilled in our life, Lord. We just want to take a hold of that reason today, God. Holy Spirit. We just open our hearts and we want to surrender our lives to you again and receive the call and the cause, God, that we're alive. Show us, God. Show us at work, Lord, what's missing. Show us in our families what's missing, Lord. Show us the one thing to go after, God. We just give you thanks and praise. Mm, You're so mighty, Lord.